0: Welcome to the Insight Podcast. Joining me on the show today is Dr. Melissa Morrison. Melissa is an educational psychologist with a special interest in sports psychology, extracurricular sports, and positive psychology. I talked to her about the current state of girls' mental health, Melissa's research into exercise and well-being in adolescence, the barriers faced by girls who want to get into sports and exercise, why Melissa would encourage women and girls to lift weights, how to overcome your anxiety around going to the gym, and much, much more. Enjoy the episode. can we talk about your pinned tweet melissa your twi- your pinned tweet is you're in the gym with your your pb deadlift which is a 250 240 kilogram trap bar deadlift isn't it um so i want to hear more about oh, kind God. of <laughs> i want to hear more about weightlifting <laughs> or you know what what role does weightlifting play in your life how did you come to it and, and why do you stick with
1: it Oh gosh, it's so interesting when you say that the the two forty trap bar deadlift because when I hear it back, I'm like, I did what? <laughs> um, but it, it, you know, in terms of the, of the role that weightlifting plays in my life, it is definitely something that helps to condition my mind and my body to to be at its best. Um, it definitely is has become like a a safe place a bit of a a stress relief a bit of time out because life has become so busy doing all the different things um but I guess some of the some of the role that it plays now is definitely my self-confidence and my self-belief and I think that comes from knowing how much I struggled in education um I experienced a lot of failure like many people um especially in the more academic subjects like maths, where, you know, they're pushed more, they're emphasised more. And in some ways, I do feel like I had to kind of fight to get a lot of things education-wise. But coming across lifting weights, it was just something that felt so natural and so easy. And it made me feel so confident. And seeing the progression over time was something that was interesting to me. Um, And then just the effects of that making me feel like I could do something which was just so important to me at the time, feeling like I couldn't couldn't do a lot, but coming across something where it just felt like I could definitely boosted and it boosts, continues to boost my self-belief and my self-confidence. Um, thinking about the role, I think it plays... And Sam, maybe you can relate almost like a pastoral role in terms of the coaches that I'm able to access yeah, yeah. Um, and how much the coach-athlete relationship has just helped me so much in terms of teaching me how to communicate properly, especially when I need help, um, my emotional and my social skills, um, because I'm in an atmosphere where I'm you know, around like-minded people and I'm encouraged to build social bonds and be confident in doing so. Um, and be, you know, teaching me to speak out without the fear of judgment um, and being afraid and just being confident to to take risks. Um, and also just being able to access, you know, a coach in terms of the organisation. Um, that's a role that, that's a really important role in terms of weightlifting, still being able to be in my life is just having, you know, someone to, Organize what I do. Um, I'm part of a barbell club where sessions are planned for me and I don't have to think about or worry about creating or what I got to do today. So, you know, and part that's also helped to keep me accountable. So, you know, it plays a huge role. I think when I was young, a bit younger coming into, you know, the world of lifting weights, it was a lot more about identity development and finding something that. I could make my own and a way to establish who I am. And, you know, now I'm a little bit older, a little bit you know it's been about 5 years it's still the same role but it's a lot more about keeping me balanced and keeping me at peace and stress free and and healthy and reinforcing confidence um and things like that so it plays it's always plays, played a huge role but it's interesting over time yeah. it, the different roles it's played
0: is it something that you would like actively encourage other women and young girls to get into as well do you think we should have more women in the gym lifting weights because there, there is a bit of kind of reluctance isn't it reluctance about bulking up and getting too big and worrying about kind of how you look and being intimidated mm-hmm. about going into the gym which is actually a, a question that I had planned for you later on in the episode but mm-hmm. do do you, do you think that more women would benefit from getting into the gym and lifting weights and, and enjoying all of those things that you just mentioned that that boost to self-esteem that overcoming obstacles those relationships all of that good stuff
1: Absolutely. When I, you know, when I came across my gym in Birmingham, um, I, like most women, probably, I was absolutely petrified. And I think it was because of the huge narrative, Sam, as you said, around women being bulky or, you know, this isn't the woman's section in the gym or they need to just do, need to just go and do some cardio. And it actually made me not want to join my gym for a whole year because, you know, that whole fear of this is going to happen to me you know I don't want to go against the grain but I can truly say it is the most empowering thing that I have done um in life just being able to to lift and feel my body be strong and know that my body is able um and the confidence that comes with it and these things and these feelings that come from the gym they completely transfer over into you know, my wider yes. life, you know, I, I stand taller, like my chest is higher. I'm I'm so proud um of what I'm able to 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 accomplish. And just having that continual knowing that I am strong, I can do this is a feeling that I wish more women would would grab a hold of. Um just allowing themselves to to go into you know community and make friends and group fitness and, and not be so anxious and so afraid. I, I would like to see the narrative change. And I think one thing um to help is is starting younger and kind mm. of, you know, putting these in schools and sending positive messages um, you know, about the benefits of, you know, sport, exercise, weightlifting, physical activity in, in general. Um, it's so interesting the time that we're living in it as well you know, with the Birmingham Commonwealth and the Lionesses and Mary Ertz winning the Sports Women of the Year, that we are starting to get that shift in terms of women being sporty. And it's not bad. It's, it's amazing. And I, I think we're heading there. It's taken a long time though, mm-hmm. but I definitely feel that it, you know, there is a place for women being strong and being mighty and having confidence, feeling empowered and discovering new competencies and and just getting involved.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think we're seeing like a bit of a a shift, aren't we? And on social media and things, you are seeing more women lifting weights, looking strong, looking so like focused in the gym. And like from my perspective, there's almost nothing like as attractive as that. To be honest, nothing is really attractive. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and maybe there is some onus on men as well in the gym to make sure everyone's feel welcome. And of course, this isn't just a gender thing; it's a it's an everything thing, isn't mm-hmm. it? It's a it, yeah, you know, it's it's we've got to be welcoming to everyone, and yeah, and chat to people and encourage them, and and all and all of that. But yeah, you're right. We're seeing an increase, and like long may it continue for sure, for sure. But that, that I resonate oh, yeah, with so absolutely. much what you say about um, the the benefits that weightlifting gives you. So that was really really interesting to hear. Right, let's move on to your to your work, Melissa. You you work as an educational psychologist, um but you've got this particular yes. interest, haven't you, in sports psychology and um, the links between sport and well-being, and your thesis is around sport and well-being in adolescent girls. Um, before we get into the the kind of the research and the benefits, and maybe some of the barriers that you found, you found um, what what about the the um like the current state of the mental health in in young girls like what what is the current state of it in in 2024 um like what and um, what are the, the a fact that what are the factors affecting that
1: mm. yeah so broadly speaking uh, i think you know there's a lot of research using a lot of different measures that have pointed to you know the steady decline in mental health and the mental well-being of girls over time especially in that that mid-adolescent range so we're thinking about you know 13 plus Mm. who are now starting to report a lot more psychological distress challenges with their social emotional well-being and you know by the age of 18 we're seeing figures you know such as girls are now two times more two times as likely to experience challenges with their well-being in comparison to their male counterparts and you know some of the words that are are coming out is you know stress the anxiety low self-esteem low confidence low self-worth um and i I do think the times that we're living in now is getting a a lot of media attention rightly so um this issue has come to the forefront um but the declining trends in girls mental health and well-being they've been bad for a while now um but I think also that COVID and the pandemic has kind of really sped the trends up Mm. Um, in terms of the different factors that contribute, you know, we have of course COVID where we were, we were all robbed of, you know, friendships and going outside and bonding and communication. Um, But we also have, you know, the big one, social media and just how accessible it is for us to get messages good and bad. And, you know, for teenage girls, we've got those messages of of what it is to be a girl, femininity, uh, appearances, beauty, body image, all coming through, all angles of social media, um, you know. And then we've got other factors like education. You know, what's the attainment like? Are we achieving? Are we 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 rising to expectations? Self fulfilling prophecies. We've got you know social relationships as well. Um, especially in adolescence um, where making friends and having good friendships is such a high priority if we're thinking about Erickson's identity development you know just wanting to have a good friendship circle is so key for us in adolescence to feel you know purpose and belonging and safety Um, but then there are wider factors you know fat you know family circumstances and and just figuring out who they are in society and I'm sure there's uh, so many more things that I haven't mentioned but all these are contributing to you know the the types of mental well-being difficulties that we are seeing um in young girls um you know in terms of of factors adolescence um has been coined as you know a time of storm and stress um, by a psychologist called Hall in 1904, where um, adolescence is known for being that turbulent time that's full of changes. You know, if we think about changes to our biology, so we've got puberty, we've got um, changes just in our physical being, we've got the psychological changes and we've got social changes. So thinking about, you know, mood changes, conflict with parents, risk-taking, you know, it, it contributes to the idea of, of, adolescence just being storm and stress. But, you know, even that in itself, that's quite debatable, isn't it? Cause we've got to think about individual differences, um, cultural variations and, you know, whether or not a young person has got, you know, suitable protective factors around them. Um, although we're seeing a decline in adolescent girls well-being, you know, we've got to acknowledge that it's not the same for everyone. Um, it can be dependent on you know protective factors as well Mm. um so you know we've got adolescence as you know time of stress um you know covid pandemic education um but also just thinking about it in terms of you know every child every young person is going to be influenced by the systems that are around them um and that's why we're taking into account all the individual differences um but there are so many risk factors. It is so broad now um, that are contributing to the the being needs that we're seeing. Yeah,
0: that phrase, the, the kind of storm and stress. It's like, yeah, I guess like some of this that we go through in that in that period is is normal. Um, but it just feels like i mean if i think what what how i would have handled being 13 with social media like i find social yeah. media difficult now and i'm 36 like i find it hard to drag myself <laughs> away from it i find it hard to not be comparing myself with other people i find it hard to not mm. think like oh look how I don't know, beautiful that is that that person has visited. I want to go there as well. Like, why can't I afford to go there? And like, it's like, yeah. oh, man, how how are their developing brains having to handle that? And as well as the other things that you've mentioned, like the periods of lockdown, the expectations mm-hmm. now that we've got to kind of make decisions earlier. You've got to choose a, a, a lane pretty early on, haven't you? This is going to be your specialty. Yeah, All this stuff yeah. is just a big, a big mel- melting pot of, anxiety isn't it
1: yeah absolutely and you know i guess teenagers you know they they might not feel as confident speaking out um going to adults for support or or reaching reaching out to services to support Mm. so they're kind of you know internalizing all these problems um and you know Perhaps where maybe this is where some of the depression rates are coming from as well, just not feeling confident to speak out. But as you said, you know, there's just so much happening at one at one point, at one specific period of time. And, you know, not all teenagers have, you know, may feel that they have the best coping mechanisms to kind of navigate, um, you know, all of these changes that are happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Before, before we move on though, there there's something you mentioned. I just want to, I want to, I want to know what you mean by it. And you said something about Erickson's, what was it? Identity something. What's that? Cause I've never heard of that.
1: Yes. So Erickson uh, is a psychologist right. and he looked at uh, identity um, specifically for adolescents and a lot. He uh, in his theory explained um, that adolescents is a time where we want to figure out who we are. We want to figure out where we stand in society, uh, you know, where we belong. What is it about us that makes us different from everybody else? And you know, we're kind of on a search for that. It's 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 a adolescence is a time to figure out who are we, you know, where do we belong? And with that, we try to you know develop our social networks we try and try different activities to explore or figure out our identity and that can you know from that theory it leads to a lot of confusion if we can't find things that we belong to or if we uh, don't find where we belong or where we fit in it kind of causes a lot of confusion and this is where the challenges with well-being come because it's like well who are we Mm -hmm. it's a it's a huge question and we're trying so hard at this particular point of time to figure to to get answers to that um and that's what his theory expands on
0: ah i see cool i'm gonna have to look into it more thank you for sharing that (laughs) so the the approaches that you're interested in to kind of um to address this i suppose is uh, around sport and sport-based extracurricular activities i knew i was going to slip up on that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's okay so why look into this and what like what what has your research involved exactly
1: mm. yeah so a few reasons really why I decided to look into this area I think you know first of all it was my it was from my personal experiences of that I've had in sport and engaging in um, physical activity um, but it also stemmed from one of my my old jobs i had before working in psychology where i was asked to um assist with a new initiative a new uh, extracurricular club called strength and conditioning where we would take a group of young people from the school across the years to train in a gym with um some coaches enough, that is now my gym, but <laughs> <laughs> we was <would, laughs> we would take them to train with the coaches once a week and they would get involved in the cardio and towards the summer, they'd be able to do some uh, of the weightlifting and, you know, just watching the young people respond. And what we did, we made sure that we tried our best to not take the, not take all the young people who were, you know, top of the range, academic, getting everything right. Teachers loved them. We really tried to diversify the group. And one thing that's that stuck with me was seeing how they responded to accessing this completely new activity that none of them had ever tried before. It fascinated me how they were responding to the coaches, how much they enjoyed the sessions, uh, how intrigued they were with their progression mm. over the weeks and also just I think what has stayed with me was just how that came back to the school how that kind of in, in my opinion how that motivated them to want to try and be better in school because you know if you weren't you weren't coming back next week you know we kind of used it as a bit of a reward <laughs> almost as well um their determination and also just how proud they were to have something that wasn't maths, English, science, geography, but it was completely out of the quote norm of school life that they were so proud of. Um, and it really, you know, stuck with me. It inspired me to kind of pursue weightlifting as well, if you like. Mm. And I always knew that I wanted to do s- something with that research wise. Um, so that led to my research, which looked at you know experiences of sports-based extracurricular activities, um, and how we could possibly use that to promote uh, well-being. Um, and just before, just before I started to you know put my thesis proposal together, I was also inspired by another educational psychologist, uh, Dr. Dr. Joe Taylor, who did his thesis on. Boxing as a mental health intervention, um, and using that to support social emotional mental health difficulties. So I saw that and I was like, yes, green light, <laughs> let's go. Nice, nice. <laughs> um, so, so my work was um, it's exploratory. You know, I didn't set out trying to prove anything or tell you that sports is the only way. Um, to improve well-being i just kind of wanted to kind of add to the discussion um and the developing work in this area so it involved my research involved you know speaking to um girls who are in their mid-adolescence um about just about their experiences of sports-based extracurricular activities what do they think um were they involved in any and also just exploring what their thoughts were um in terms of how it pertained to their well-being, and I did that through um, semi-structured interviews uh, across some school settings, just to gain their views. And you know, the questions were around, you know, how you experience sports, how did it, how has it impacted on your well-being, and it, it has just been so fascinating to hear the range of responses. Especially for me, um, who is, you know, on the positive end of sports, it was. It was quite interesting to get that balanced view mm. um, from teenage girls and also, you know, look at the barriers that they were talking about, what they loved, what they would like to see in the future. Um, and so just in terms of how they experience, you know, sport, there was a lot of discussion and key themes around, you know, feelings of belonging and connection, um, emotion management. Um, it was a it gave them an opportunity to explore you know, different competencies, but it also raised the discussion around inequalities um, and exclusion in terms of, you know, access and what they're able to, you know, get a hold of, um, which is it's, it's actually quite timely as well, going back to, you know, the conversation that's opened in society about women in sport and what they're able to access and, you know, costs and things like that. Um, I think it's been really fitting um, in terms of you know the impact on their well-being. There was discussion around um, feeling a sense of purpose and fulfillment and self-improvement. Um there was acknowledgement of the downsides in terms of you know injuries and you know pressures to be great. And, um but for them the most part, it was quite positive. and you know I th- i'm I'm re- I was really, really happy to put this piece of work together. Mm.
0: In terms of like the some of the attitudes of, <clears throat> I don't know, not being involved in sport or exercise or, or training and maybe being put off, not liking the idea of it, did you see any, like, I don't know, commonalities of between, I don't know, backgrounds or is there like cultural or even religious or, or um, I don't know, financial factors where maybe some groups it's just like not part of... Um, you know, what what they would see appealing growing up. I don't know, like growing up for me, like I'm, I'm one of five and we were always encouraged ah. to do sport from very young. We all swam from like when we were four years old or something ridiculous. Um, <clears throat> we all went to football <laughs> clubs and cricket clubs. And, you know, my mum was incredible for making sure that we had that those opportunities and and we knew the benefits. And I looked up to my older siblings because they did sport before me and they kind of were great role models of that. But I don't know. Do you see what I'm getting at? Is is there other situations? Did you find that through the interviews where it's just not part of the like the discussion around the dinner table?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things that stood out and it might be a reflection of adolescence was about priorities and sports just not being a priority. Uh, A lot of my participants were very much more interested in spending their time with friends or shopping or at the cinema and sports was just kind of like at the bottom of the list of priorities, or it wasn't um, promoted very well in their schools, which cont- contributed to it not being a priority at all, um, which was one of the, you know, serves as a barrier. If they don't know, then they won't, they won't pick it. But also um, one of the things that, that I noticed was about finances and, um, especially in terms of where the schools were, you know, one of the schools in particular was in a more affluent area and they were able to afford to, you know, if the school didn't have a certain sport that they wanted, they were able to go and pay and find it elsewhere. Whereas another school that I was, um, that I used for some of my participants was in a more, you know, deprived area and cost was a really big barrier. They wanted or they had the desire to do um, some kind of sport, but because of the costs and the lack of funding, um, you know, that was no longer an option to them. And, you know, especially in terms of, you know, how we're going to get there and transport and, you know, monthly installments, you know, completely just knock sport off the table for them. Um, so that was quite interesting as well. And then, you know, you know, you say in terms of culture and stuff, it wasn't something that I initially thought about in my thesis, but it was a conversation that came up at work the other day. Mm. Um, Somebody from a completely different culture to me, we were just speaking about our experiences of, you know, sport and PE in school. And she was saying, um, you know, she couldn't take, take part because of some of the cultural um, restrictions or um, cultural experiences. She couldn't, you know, participate in things like swimming or dance or basketball. And um, she felt quite disappointed because the school didn't quite understand or make time to understand um, or or even um, they weren't open to making adjustments so that she could be involved the same way that everybody else was. And it kind of just made me realise that, you know, the big cultural differences that will kind of impact on, on how sports is uh, experienced, which is important for me, you know, Miss Sports Lover over here <laughs> thinking that we're all we're all going to love PA, but actually it's not the same for everyone, and there are huge barriers, um, as, as you know, stopping full involvement. Um, definitely a conversation around inequalities being, you know, a reason why girls weren't getting involved a lot of conversations were you know well the boys get this the boys get that and they get coaches and they get put in competitions and we're just left on the side (laughs) doing the least um so these were all really big conversations that were coming up that I, I almost didn't expect to come up to be honest as well um you know but I'm glad that they have because it's so timely now um so, yeah, 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 yeah. And so, it's been really interesting.
0: Yeah. And shit, like you said about the environment, like my life is made easier in terms of training, the fact that my gym is a 10-minute walk away. But if your gym mm-hmm. or your sports club or you know, the running club that meets up is like a half an hour walk away, it just... It just creates yeah. that friction, doesn't it? And so, like these little things, and the finances—can you afford to get a membership? Even though, like, we know that there's lots of ways to access exercise and movement that is free, but a lot mm. of the really fun ways, you know, are involved in a gym or a boot <laughs> camp or uh, you yes. know, whatever it is. So, it's really tricky, isn't yes. it? It's really tricky. Um, yeah. So n- n- now that we kind of know this, like, what what are you mm. what are you thinking? Like, what what are the next steps? Because Well, I guess going back a step, like we know that not, like you said, not everyone is going to find sport appealing. And we're not saying that weightlifting or running is going to solve everyone's problems and, you know, dissolve all the inequality in the world or anything like that. But all the Mm. benefits that you've mentioned that you've seen when you interview these young girls, but also you've seen in yourself. And we know from the research that what kind of benefits cardiovascular and strength training provide us like, yeah. Yeah, it's not a solve all, but it is kind of something that we wish more people had access to, isn't it? So knowing yeah. what we know now from these conversations, like what what might be the next steps? But I, I realise that's a really broad and ridiculously big question to ask, <laughs> but what, what, are you, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think this is something that I think it needs so much more exploration, as you said. But could it be, you know... Gyms, sports clubs, kind of collaborating with schools, like going in, yeah. doing sessions. You know, I was even talking to um my coach the other day, and you know about not letting that strength and conditioning club die, but you know finding ways to kind of you know take the service into school or, or making gaps in our timetable to bring schools in, maybe at like a discounted rate, um maybe schools seeking funding or um you know expanding uh, the range of extracurricular activities um you know we've got our local football clubs um can they come in and be sports mentors sports coaches i think also maybe just schools maybe changing the the narrative um and their view of sports in schools as well because a lot of it was around you know not knowing or the academic subjects taking more priority over the sports well can you know how can we balance that how do we talk about sports in schools how are we promoting it are we having sports captains sports mentors and things like that um i think those are definitely some ideas can we be bringing sports psychologists in Mm -hmm. to you know use some of their strategies to support you know well-being especially those with you know social emotional mental health difficulties is this a new way is You know, I do think there is room um, just in terms of everyone just opening up and kind of putting their services forward a bit more. Um, You know, what are we going to do about transport? Can we do, you know, more sports-based school trips? You know, we go to museums a lot. Like, can we go and see, you know, a football club or a basketball team and, you know, be inspired? I think a, a big thing is role models as well and just seeing what's possible um is something that schools can definitely think about as well you know who have we got to look up to yeah you know who are we putting forward um and those are definitely some ideas and of course the research side of things i think this is something that can continue to be researched i know i i, I did a little thesis on it but i think there's so much room for expansion um to explore this this question so much further
0: yeah yeah absolutely I just think mm-hmm. what what would school look like if yeah if if from a young age we they were uh, boys and girls were learning kind of the basic movements, how to look after yourself, how to to build muscle because this isn't about looking like a bodybuilder but it's about being like you right. said strong, confident, and just able in your body. And if we yeah. keep that up throughout our lives, it just it opens up the world to us we know how beneficial it is when we get into our 60s, 70s, 80s, isn't it, if we're still strong. Yeah. so. You know, if we're we're teaching maths and teaching English for all these reasons that we want them to want children to have these skills as they grow up and it's going to serve them, like what about the physical side? Like, why can't we push that more? And I think what you say about clubs, universities, all this stuff, like it can happen. Yeah, you know, I've I'm Mm -hmm. organising the STEM week at my school and the local university. There, the the students, the engineering students, are coming in to show some of their work. Like, why can't we do the equivalent of that with sports? Like, the sport and exercise students could come in and lead some sessions. Like, I'm sure the students would absolutely love to do that, wouldn't they? Like, it's a great volunteering opportunity for them. But also, like you said, local gyms, local football clubs, just get in and kind of just offer something. Even if it's only for kind of a half term, if it's a six-week thing, like, children remember that. They They remember when they just go for the... The one day at Alexander Stadium or Hagley Stadium, <laughs> whatever it is, and they get to compete and run around. So, what if it was kind of just that six weeks yeah. where someone came in once a week and led them in a different sport, and like you said, uh, you know, a diverse group of children getting involved mm-hmm. from all different backgrounds, abilities, whatever it is. It just, yeah, it's powerful, man. But it, it needs to, it needs to happen more.
1: I, I absolutely love that because you know, just thinking about where I am now, I wish I had this knowledge when I was younger. I wish sure. I learned this in school. Yeah. I wish, just thinking back to what sport or PE was like when, you know, growing up in school, I, I I honestly just wish, I think, you know, as you said, it's important to learn how to be fit for life and how to be healthy and keep your body in one piece. And, and these aren't life lessons that we should have to wait until 21, 22 to learn. Like, why are we not learning them sooner? And I think there's there's room in the the curriculum, in the P curriculum, uh, to kind of, to start embedding, the, you know, embed these things in. And, um, you know, your ideas, like, they just make me smile because it's like, <laughs> man, if I was like 15 again, I'd be all over this. So. <laughs> it's
0: true. It's true. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just thinking to, like, Yesterday, going into the gym with like some of the young boys there, like this might sound like a bit of a tangent, but I think it's linked. Um, (laughs) Some of the young lads, and I just kind of despair because they are spending most of their time doing one exercise. Can you guess which exercise they're doing in front of the mirror? It's not bicep curls, Of course it is. Of course it is. (laughs) It's bicep curls. And like they spend more time looking in the mirror and flexing their arms than they do actually training or looking at their phone. And so the way I'm trying to link it is like, what if they were taught about proper movements and and compound movements that are like a benefit like producing huge results and and going to serve you so much better than just getting a dumbbell lifting it up and down repeatedly and I almost like I'm trying to get up the confidence to go up to those boys and like say like oh what are you doing like what what are you training for what are you hoping to achieve and I'm sure they're going to say well I want bigger arms it's like okay fair enough like (laughs) But there's other ways to do it. I never do bicep curls and I get some very nice compliments about my arms. (laughs) I don't like
1: bicep curls either.
0: (laughs) But it's like, come on, let's do some assisted pull-ups and let's do some like bent over rows and things like that that are working so much more. And also let's remind them to stop looking in the mirror and stop kind of like pulling up their shirt and flexing their abs and yes. stop checking your phone. Like <laughs> you're here to train, like let's let's train hard and let's enjoy all of those benefits. And then you can look at the mirror at home um, as much as you like.
1: Oh. <laughs> I am here for this. I am here for teaching the transfer, transferability yeah. of these compound, you know, a heavy farmer's carry to the heavy shopping bags at Asda. Yes. Like these things. Aldi for transfer. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what
0: I do. That's, I got. I live on the third floor of a, of a, of like a flat. So every time I'm farmer's carrying, I'm thinking like, yeah, this is going to serve me when I'm holding my four Aldi bags and I'm going to take them up the stairs. <laughs>
1: i love that i love that so much and I, I i'm such a strong believer of it just like you it's, yeah it's yeah all about
0: functionality isn't it
1: um, absolutely so kind of link to that
0: and and something that you touched upon earlier was about the kind of the anxieties of 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 girls um young women going into the gym um mm-hmm. like it's a question that i got a couple of times on twitter and i can't remember what it was linked to I can't remember why I got this, but there was like a period where two or three women said like, what, what do I do about this, about feeling nervous about going into the gym? Because it's the the first time, I don't know, I'm going to go in without a personal trainer. So I'm on my own. Have you got any thoughts around that? Because I know what I think, but you know, who, who am I to advise a, <laughs> a young lady about, you know, um, you know, getting over their gym anxieties. But I just thought, like, as we come towards the end of the conversation, if there's, if there's anything that you would offer those people, um, I'd love to know.
1: Oh, absolutely! Um, if it's any consolation to to those who are asking, I felt the exact same going into my gym. I was I was bricking it, to be honest. But I think what helps what what helps is maybe having something booked, a class, yeah, yeah. Um, a, a PT. A, one of the, the free introductions to the gym just so that you're going there with purpose and you're not going to walk in there and be like what am I to do but just having someone to guide you maybe for your first couple of sessions would be really useful and also maybe just taking time to explore different types of gyms or um you know different styles of exercise you know you might not like the big class with 30 other people in there you might like the, the smaller private sessions or small BT, but just taking that time just to figure out where you would feel the most comfortable, um, and taking it from there, you know, are you a community? I need a lot of people. or Are you like a private programming where you have something written for you and you're still going to the gym purposefully? Um, also for my ladies, buying an absolutely banging gym outfit if you can um boost your your confidence as well (laughs) when you go there um also like just don't skip the introduction consultation pre-gym sign-up consultation there's absolutely no shame in being a beginner um at the start of your journey everybody started from somewhere and it'd be quite nice to maybe learn maybe like the the ethos the the trainers that are there um so you can make some friends Mm. bring a friend with you um if you you can um and just take things slow as well you don't have to go to the gym all in straight away Just take things slow and it's it is okay I, i think just getting to the gym is the reward in itself getting into the gym is another reward in itself and just taking it step by step um and knowing that it's okay. It's a common feeling. There are a lot of people in the same boat as you, probably in that class. Um, And and yeah, just taking it from there, taking things slow, taking the time to find what style of working out would most interest you, um, and taking it from there.
0: That's it, isn't it? That's it. I I think we need to realise that some amount of anxiety is is almost a good thing and like you said it's it's normal like you're feeling anxious that's a sign it's a sign that you're you're wanting to improve you're wanting to grow and you're doing something that's out of your comfort zone so embrace that anxiety that's a good thing the other thing yeah absolutely what was I about to say oh my gosh I've completely lost my trail of thought no 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 you didn't (laughs) no no at all that I just completely lost my trail of thought where was I going with this
1: (laughs) anxiety um, so anxiety it's normal yeah. everyone's okay you know this is a normal experience is there anything about finding a, a class or a PT or a small club or
0: yeah no it's gone it's completely go gone it's completely oh, no. <laughs>
1: don't, worry. don't worry it'll come
0: back to me I'm sure it'll come back to me I'm sure but no th- those are all really good points all really good points yeah 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 like we're, we're all beginners we're all just getting started I think like don't remember that like anyone that's looking and judging you is not worth your Mm. time for sure. And actually I think more people are going to be looking in admiration and wanting to encourage you. Um, Like I find I've got, I go into the gym and I've got such a moody face on. uh, People don't come up to me because (laughs) I'm just like, I want to get in and out as quickly as possible. I want to kind of train hard and I don't, it sounds really bad, but I don't want to kind of waste time talking to people. I just want to train. But there are some yeah. days when I've got a bit more time, and I try and like look up, and I try and smile, and I try and chat to people. And then when mm. I do chat to people, they always kind of say really nice things, or they'll they'll ask, "Oh, what are you training for?" Um, Like, "Oh, more. like the, how are you doing that?" Like, "What I don't know, where do you get your training programs?" Things like that. So, like people are. People are going to support you if you're just willing to have that conversation. So you've got to, yeah, you kind of like you've got to have that mindset that's that's attracting the positivity. I mean, it's like it's like a life lesson, isn't it? It's another life lesson from the gym. Like we can look down that's and be all so moody. And of course, people then think, well, I, I'm not going to talk to that person because they don't look like they want to talk yeah. to me. But if you're open and smiling, and if you say to a person, oh, like I'm going to try this, but I'm not quite sure how to do it, could you, you look like you know what you're doing? Could you give me a hand? Like little things mm. like that. It, it all helps isn't it? Yeah. it all contributes
1: that is so true just thinking you know show you know show yourself friendly I think that, that is it's such I think in the gym you know there's you have a lot more in common with most of the people that go there than you think yeah. um, if you think of it that way everybody's there because they're trying to improve something they're trying to work their body to do something. And, you know, that's the common ground. Everybody has a a goal might not be shared, but everybody has a goal. And I think just taking a little step just to, as you said, Sam, just maybe speak or look up and it just reflecting now that that was definitely, you know, a bit of me. I started off as a bit of a mute in the gym, (laughs) um, not saying anything, but just asking the small question, giving a compliment, you know, watching somebody set and saying, well done, you, you just open up all the support for yeah. yourself. Um so I think just a little step, showing yourself friendly and also just having having fun, whatever you you decide to get involved with, you know, and let yourself have fun. As soon as the fun is gone, that's a problem, you know, just have some fun. Um and, to, and yeah, just take your time
0: yeah no I really I really like that because you've said that a couple of times now haven't you take your time like we're not supposed to go in and look like a master trainer at, within a couple of weeks yeah. just take your time especially keep in your, January I mean. <laughs> exactly
1: exactly <laughs> with all the hype it's just like there's, there's a whole year ahead of us and yeah. you know more importantly nobody wants to get injured and then they yeah. have to sit out for the the next 12 months so good point you know. For sure.
0: (laughs) Right. Well, it's, it's been so cool to chat to you about your research. Um, it's always great talking to someone like like like-minded who loves getting into the gym and wants to encourage more people, but you're actually, um, you you know you're actually looking into it you're researching and you're you're bringing your background (laughs) from psychology and education and sport and all that stuff and bringing it all together so um thank you so much for your time today uh melissa your first podcast as well wasn't it smashed it my
1: first podcast so thank you for for even asking me and bringing me on here i've I've really enjoyed myself and considering i was so nervous at the beginning (laughs) i think it's gone all right there you go another life
0: lesson another life lesson (laughs) right um i ask three quick fire questions to every guest um are you ready for them yes Excellent. so the first one is what is one lesson you wish you have been taught when you were a child
1: definitely what is for you is for you and it will not pass you by definitely because I thought I had just missed so many opportunities in life or I had failed but it had it's worked out and it's worked out better than I thought Nice. So what's for you? It won't pass you.
0: And what's one habit that you've perhaps introduced into your life that has served you well, it's helped you feel happier, healthier, that maybe our, our listeners would appreciate knowing about?
1: I think d- developing a strong morning routine, and that doesn't have to involve the gym, but waking up and it could be, you know, meditating, journaling, any of the routines that don't involve social media first thing just taking capturing the morning taking that time because i meet so many people who kind of just wake up and it's just go but developing a solid morning routine makes me feel so much better and for me normally is wake up and i kind of like to put headphones on and just listen to like my favorite song or a podcast and just kind of it's just me just me for a while um so yeah a strong morning routine definitely makes me feel happier and set up for the day and way more positive than in times past
0: (laughs) and the last one if you could give everyone in the world one book which book would you give them
1: this is really hard that was really hard but um I was reminded of a book I loved and it was Losing Our Minds by Lucy oh. Um, It is a really good, accessible conversation about what mental illness is and what it is not and what our conversations have done to how we perceive mental health in society. Um, I think it's excellent. And um, Dr. Lucy Folks is actually releasing a another instalment on adolescence in the summer but um in terms of everyone should read that book just in you know sometimes we kind of exaggerate things in terms of like mental health and our conversations are going a bit left but this is a really excellent read
0: oh well, i'll have to check out that and I, I do see her on twitter and i've always kind of been interested in her in her posts and things and thought um, like yeah, yeah that's someone I want to reach out to and see if she'll come on the show yeah, so I think you'd really like her. okay it. <laughs> great great might be worth uh, emailing her okay thank you so much <laughs> Melissa again um, if people want to connect with you and keep up to date with with what you're doing gym wise but also <laughs> research and psychology wise <laughs> uh, where can they do that
1: Yeah, absolutely. Follow me on Twitter, uh, Mel Morrison 202 for all things, you know, psychology updates, the same on LinkedIn, my name, just Melissa Morrison. And if you want to see more training slash psychology, there is Instagram at underscore Mel Morrison 193. Um, And I do post a lot of lifting so if you're interested <laughs> you can have a look on there Nice
0: one. well some lifting I'm hoping I can invite you to be a collaborator in some of these highlights so there'll be a bit of podcast <laughs> appearances interspersed with them maybe maybe
1: oh absolutely that is no problem
0: <laughs> nice one thanks Melissa
1: oh thank you so much I've really enjoyed myself
0: oh thank you for tuning in I really hope you found my conversation with Melissa Insightful. If you enjoyed the episode, please do share it with friends, family and colleagues who you think would find it helpful too. You can also support the podcast by following and rating the show on whichever app you're listening on. Thank you again and I look forward to bringing you another episode soon.